0: Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films everyone seems to be talking about and why. I'm your host, Bobby Finger, and in today's bonus episode, I chat with one of the stars of the new Netflix original series, Bonding, Brendan Scannell. We will be having a spoiler-filled discussion of the series, so consider this your final warning. And if you haven't seen it yet, what are you waiting for? Bonding is now streaming on Netflix. But for now, let's get to the interview. Okay, we've got Brendan Scannell on the line with us right now. You all probably recognize him from Heathers, maybe, in which you played Heather Duke. Am I right? It was Heather it was Duke, Heather Duke, right? Duke yeah. not get that wrong. You're currently Pete in Bonding, which also stars Zoe Levin as a dominatrix living in New York, who recruits you, her old friend, and high school crush to be her assistant, bodyguard, all all, all of those things. Great to have you with us today on I Am Obsessed With This.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Love a pod. <laughs> Who doesn't?
0: (laughs) Just heard that your mic was rubbing against your jacket and that it was a great jacket. Can you describe the jacket for the audience? I feel like it's probably wonderful.
1: Um, It is a Maje, M-A-J-E, brand jacket from their new spring-summer season. It's green and floral. It's a bomber. And um, Um, it has a so a bunch of fun patches on it
0: it sounds wonderfully trendy
1: are you gonna pay attention to
0: the 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 Met gala tonight
1: um i'm gonna follow it on twitter i think I, I don't can you watch it is it on e or something like that
0: i'm not sure if fashion police is really going to have a resurgence this year Oh, but i, I mean, just usually follow twitter god willing someone will like maybe joan rivers will come back from the dead just for this night the New York Times always posts photos in pretty much real time, which is, I think, the best way
1: yeah. to pay attention to I saw, it. I saw some of the photos last night from their like pre-met gala party, and um, yeah, people are like turning out. I'm really excited to see everyone's interpretation of camp. It'll be really fun.
0: But back to Bonding. It was created by writer Doyle, who has said he was inspired by his own time as... I mean, what your character does, he was literally a bodyguard for his friend who was a dominatrix in New York City. More than most shows, I would suspect an autobiographical show like this is probably extremely tough to cast. So I wanted to start at the beginning and just ask, how did you find yourself in this
1: particular role? Um, Well, I read it. I I got sent it by, I think, a friend of mine who works at Anonymous Content who produced it um and mm-hmm. so i read it and i'm a comic and um and so it, it be, there's like a stand up comedy element of it where Pete wants to be a stand up comedian and is too kind of nervous or doesn't have the confidence to get on stage and um so it it almost felt like as i was reading it like a new take on kind of that like tired comedian playing a comic in a television show kind of format mm-hmm. um and so, because of that, it felt like maybe like writer had written a more interesting show than I could ever write for myself, um, mm-hmm. and I, I I didn't fully understand that it was part based off of his real life. And if anyone has seen photos of us, we look almost nothing alike. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I just really connected to it. I really connected to Pete's kind of um, like journey to confidence, and I had really identified with strongly with maybe a couple years ago, feeling like almost exactly where he was, which was lost in a new city, in my case, Los Angeles, and just feeling uh, very out of place and very unsure of what comes next and falling into... an insane assistant job, um, which is like actually how I used to um, make money when I had day jobs. I was always a personal assistant Okay. when I like first moved here uh, to LA. So that was always like my bag. And so this kind of like assistant to somebody who calls all the shots felt very familiar to me.
0: That was one thing that I really liked about the show, even though it was this very specific industry that he found himself in, which was like specifically Dom sex work. There was almost something universal about the idea of being sort of aimless in your early 20s looking for work. And then when you actually do get a job, there's this weird learning curve. Like it could have been this bodyguard, dom assistant sex work. It could have been an office job. It could have been a writing job. It could have been anything because no matter what you're doing, there's this weird sense of like, I feel completely lost at this new place. Oh, yeah.
1: And but because you need money, you just say you can do it.
0: You're like, sure, I'm fine. I need to pay my rent.
1: Like, if somebody asked me if I could ride a horse to be in a show, I'd be like, absolutely, I can ride a horse. And then I would arrive <laughs> to Westworld season three and fall off a goddamn horse. What is the, um? what is the, have you ever had, to, what's
0: the strangest thing you've had to tell someone that you were good at? If it was a skill, whether that is an acting or some other line of work that you've had to convince someone you were good at because you needed
1: the check. Oh, I once renovated a penthouse in New York. And I had no abil- no prior ability to do that. So you just kind of say you can do something and you do it. You just had to say you were a contractor. You were the third property
0: brother and it was all going to be yeah. fine. How was the, the end result? Um, turns out I don't have great taste. That's too bad. So that didn't happen again. No, it did. I don't think it'll ever happen again. Did you have a sense of that particular like sex worker industry going into the show? Like how do you research something like this? It's just such a niche World that not a lot of people know about, which is I think one of the appeals of the show. Um, how did you prepare going into it once you actually booked it?
1: Well, what's nice about my role within the show is Pete is like a bit of an audience conduit in that he mm-hmm. is coming to this world with no previous information as well. So um, his kind of lack of expertise is like a big source of kind of the comedy of the show. Um, mm-hmm. But um, one of the cool things we did while we were shooting is we shot in these actual DOM sex dungeons in New York City, and um, or BDSM dungeons. And so you are kind of actually able to see some of the spaces that are actually used in that profession. And um, that was pretty wild and kind of cool. and all of the workers there or the guy running the front desk were so unimpressed by a film crew, you know? They're, like, they see things all the time. The last thing they thought was interesting was, like, crafty. Um, And all of them were also, like, oh, yeah, Billions was just here because Billions has a big um, kind of plot line about it as well. So I kept thinking as I was in this space, like, Paul Giamatti was just here.
0: That's, like, the one thing that everyone thinks when they go into, you know, a, a BDSM dungeon in New York. Paul Giamatti right. was just here shooting my favorite show, Billions. <laughs> my favorite show. I have show. no idea. I still have no idea what Billions is about, and you just muddied the water even more for me. Guess it's what? Like, it's what? about <laughs> Billions.
1: Having them, loving it, the tension that comes with it.
0: <laughs> um. But the other thing in the show, so the—, the Woman in the show, your best friend in the show, she is your old childhood best friend. And I think one, one sort of integral part of the show is that you two have to have this very relatable and understandable relationship that sort of was blossoming and huge in high school. And then you sort of grow up and there was you know this sort of not traumatic event in the car that's revealed at the end of the season, but this sort of falling out and then you're reconnected. Do you have a friend like that who was really big one day, and then not so much the next, who you had to reconnect with in some way in adulthood?
1: I mean, I feel like what I've what I've learned um, is you just kind of never know who's going to pop up where. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess a, uh, an analog of this would be. Like I went to summer camp growing up. I went to theater camp and um, am now in L.A. many years later, good friends with um, somebody I mm-hmm. like knew when I was 17 and doing a lot of movement work with. Um, and you think in, in camp, like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be friends forever. But then you don't see anyone right. ever again. And then you run into them five years later in L.A. And you kind of can still connect. Mm-hmm. But it, my best friends in high school um, were always – Girls, I mean, I had this like ragtag group of brilliant girls who basically carried me through high school, and so feeling like the this relationship was based in relationships that I had had in high school um, with um, these women and. That was definitely something I was trying to bring with it. And and just like the history and weight of a friendship. A lot of the show is about just the power dynamics within friendship and within our relationships. And it kind of uses BDSM as a lens to explore those things. So a big part of Pete and Tiff's relationship is this kind of imbalance that has always existed because Tiff is somebody who... Uh, exerts power over other people, so right. um, it's like that friend of yours who you can never nail down, or won't text you back, or won't schedule plans, even though you want to hang out with them. And 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 so I definitely felt uh, close to that, and tried to bring my own relationships to it.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's another. Common theme in the show, which is just about honesty. The inciting incident of the inside of the entire show is is Tiff finally being honest with you about what she does, and then asking you for this favor. And then throughout the course of the season, some of the most crucial plot twists or plot points are when one character is finally honest with another character. It just so happens that so many of these revelations and these moments of of truth are centered around sex work and dom work and are often taking place inside one of those you know bdsm rooms Uh, and i think that is one of the things that leads to the universality of this show is that it's so much of it is about just honesty and living your truth and being truthful with people who you care about because if you don't then things are going to be a little rougher for you
1: i'm sorry for
0: cutting you down and disrespecting you and not Treating you like my equal
1: or my best friend, and that's that's really fucked up for both of us. That was pretty good. A little general, a little precious, but serviceable.
0: What do you want people to take from the show?
1: Like, how do you want people to leave it? Well, I think for me, the show is, it's at its core, it's about this friendship between two people. So what I, and I think that those, there aren't that many types of stories that are about that. Um, mm-hmm.
0: like platonic, just a platonic friendship that isn't centered around you know, this
1: romantic thing. right. And those are the the most important relationships in my life, um, outside of my family and and they're such a huge part of your life, in your twenties. In that kind of like pre i mean i can't speak from any experience but like pre-marriage pre-kids phase like you mm-hmm. know it's friends your friends are your family and um they're everything right and so I, I hope people are entertained and i hope people you know are excited by some of the uh saucier elements of the show and um you know it's supposed to be funny, so um, I hope people laugh too.
0: Yeah it it has a it has a good sense of balance because it's going from like moments of tenderness and that that sort of emotional core between you and Tiff to moments of like really frank like sexual explicitness to moments that are really really funny. What I mean, what was it like working with Darcy
1: Cardin? I can only imagine being around her. I mean she is she is amazing and she's somebody who like she knows writer from the show Barry and. Um, mm-hmm. Had kind of done it. So the the story of this show is that it it wasn't developed by Netflix. It was um, bought by Netflix, kind of after the fact. So it was created by this French company, Black Pills. And so mm-hmm. when uh, when I agreed to do it, um, I, I loved the script and I knew who writer was. But I fully expected nobody to ever see it. Um, I was like, this is a project that my parents will see. You know, when you do like an indie movie and you're <laughs> like, you know, this could be. It's huge or this could be, you know, nothing. And um, Sure. But I really connected with the story. And then when I found out Darcy was doing it um, and that I got to do a scene with her, I was like, well, then this whole project has been worth it already. And um, we shot in this amazing brownstone in Fort Greene in Brooklyn. And she just kind of knocked every take out of the park. She does some, something completely different in every take. Um, she's completely alive and um in one take where she's talking about the husband um how he screams mother when he gets tickled um, <laughs> right? she in this one take she actually started fully weeping and she was cry- and that's not the one they used cuz i think it didn't make wouldn't have necessarily made the most sense but um just watching this actress kind of work herself into a state of like inconsolability um was amazing mm-hmm. and when the camera's not on you you can kind of just watch and enjoy it. Um,
0: what do you think is happening up there? Because I told her um, exactly what he wants.
1: Oh, um, some people say things privately that they wouldn't say publicly. I'm not public, I'm his wife. Working with her was amazing. There were, I mean, in the first episode, um, when I get cum on my face um, they mm-hmm. kept missing my face in the first couple takes <laughs> so that was really funny and um, and then the fingering scene with um, Alex Hurt who plays my roommate um, was really mm-hmm. funny as well that was uh, my first sex scene so <laughs> a big moment in every actor's career <laughs> I'm sure a big moment yeah
0: before I got on the phone with you I was trying to remember this and I couldn't I was just reading a um, an interview with another actor about sex scenes and it was just completely unrelated and it was a woman and she was saying i i told my parents i you know, this is the one thing I want you to wait at least, I want you to wait 10 years, then you can watch it. I just can't have you watch this movie for 10 years. What is, what is it like to, to film a series like this that is pretty sexually explicit? To be fair, it's like hilarious. <laughs> but um, do you have that sort of relationship with your parents where it's like, watch it. Don't talk to me about it. Do they talk to you about it? Like, how does it feel to be in a show like this?
1: I mean, I, I'm I have a comedy background. So my parents have seen mm-hmm. like me say some pretty filthy stuff on stage (laughs) um, which when I first started doing that when I was like 17 or 18 they really bristled at I'm from Indiana Mm -hmm. from this kind of small town in Indiana and um, uh, and but you kind of you know you wear them down and this is kind of the magnum opus of like projects I didn't think my parents would connect to and they uh, love it and they watched it now like three or four times so that's great.
0: And it's an easy show to watch three or four times because the episodes are only 15 minutes long. Um, What do you you think about a series like this? Because I just just chatted with Ryan O'Connell, who made Special, about this runtime. And friends of mine who've also watched the show uh, have been really endeared by the runtime. Because it's just like, it almost helps you connect to the show at a faster pace. Because it's just so easy to digest. So, as a, as a viewer, what do you think of
1: fifteen minute shows? I mean, I loved special, and I loved mm-hmm. um, I love the length of bonding. I've seen it a couple times live now, played through at theaters because it played a few festivals mm-hmm. last year, and okay. it's like you get into an episode, you have fun, it ends with a bang, and then on to the next. And um, I think it, in some ways it kind of like is an easier digestible way of watching. In uh, what I view as kind of, like, an indie movie broken up into pieces. Um, Yeah. And it, like, creates a beginning, middle, end done pretty quickly. So, Mm -hmm. and I I also watched Tim Robinson's show, um, I Think You Should Leave, which I think is, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen. And that's kind of in that same length, and... Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know I, I could say something very broad generally about like attention spans or about our phones and that kind of thing but uh, that's for boring people to talk about um, and I'll just say I lo- I love it I liked doing it I, I it. felt we shot completely like out of order based on locations so um, for me it, it was interesting to be like, okay, this scene we're doing right now is in episode one and this scene's in episode eight. So where Mm -hmm. is Pete at and where's Pete at in terms of his relationship? Because everything else I've done in the past has been kind of episode by episode. What
0: else have you been watching on Netflix that you've been obsessed with? You mentioned, I think you should leave, which I also just finished and completely loved. Um, But what was your favorite sketch from that?
1: Um, I loved the sketch about I think it's for like back surgery. It's like laser oh, back physicians yeah. that then yeah. pivots and becomes this like thing about him getting scammed by a guy who think tells him he can be a famous singer. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. um, that's I love the hot dog one. I used to watch uh, Tim do improv at I O in Chicago like seven oh. years ago, and he was always literally the funniest person. I had ever seen do comedy. And then he went and did SNL and was on it for a season and kind of, you know, didn't get his due or land the way sometimes people... Yeah, it didn't click or something. Sometimes people, I don't know, that show's kind of a beast um, and it has a very yeah. specific things that work on it, I think. And then he did Detroiters, which I love. And when this, I saw the show was coming out, because of course Netflix announces everything like two days before... Um mm-hmm. and when i I watched it that day just all the way through it was it was
0: pretty incredible i i know I know so little about comp, the comedy world in general, and so he was this brand new discovery for for me so I was like, oh okay, I've never heard of this guy, but I guess he might be one of the funniest people I've ever seen in my entire life. What else have you been
1: watching any 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 films any other series? I loved uh someone great mm-hmm. and um yeah, I uh, I mean I loved Russian Doll. I had worked with Leslie Headland on Heather's, and so when we were shooting Heather's, she was like, "Oh yeah, I think I'm going to go do this Netflix series um, that I'm creating." And you know how people are—they like are com- constantly like hedging or talk. You know, you're like, "I'm doing this thing," and uh-huh. it'll pro- and probably no one will ever see it, and that's to protect mm-hmm. yourself from uh, pain. And um, right. And she was like, yeah, it's this thing with Natasha Leone, like, we'll see. And then for, like, a year later for it to come out and to be so fucking dynamite and amazing and funny and brilliant and emotional, that was really amazing to watch. And and the response was so positive. And then I felt like it was a good reminder, I think, as artists or for whatever you do listening at home to – like doing work you really care about leads to the best results, typically, and that's kind of how I feel about bonding too. Because this was a project that I just really connected to, and and didn't really expect much from. And it's been—I mean, the last two weeks have been the most exciting of my life, probably.
0: Yeah have you been Have you been getting the the whole like recognized on the street treatment since it premiered?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty um, intensely, actually. <laughs> So people are people are really liking it it seems. People are really liking it and you know it's it's cool it's and obviously like as a gay person I don't know if this is uh your experience but you go to a lot of mm-hmm. gay spaces and um mm-hmm. that's that that's been a really cool to to kind of like be have so many people coming up to me in like my community and say that they love something I did that cuz that's such a that's a real opinion that I care about more so than just like random listeners. It's just like people who love random listeners yeah, as community. well. <laughs> um, but kind of people in your like day to day life, it, it, and it was almost immediate. That's kind of all you can hope for
0: from something like this, from any project, is that you get that that exact response that you want from like the exact audience that you want. As, and 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 there's something about the show that's that's just very. It's so open-minded and comforting and I'm sure it makes a lot of people happy to see that kind of representation on screen. If only just because it's... Ne- it's When's the last time there was a show like this on television? When's the last time there was a movie like this on television? I'm sure people are just relieved to see it at all. Yeah,
1: When I think that like shame is such a part of like all cultures, but it's such a part right. of the LGBT community's experience is just growing up and kind of being imbued with this sense of cultural shame. Like we all have this, you know, pride, rah, rah, but like at the source of that, the reason you need things like pride is because you're taught from kind of a young age that you, your personality or the person you are is incorrect. And so mm-hmm. to kind of make a show that where playing a, uh, a recently out gay character who kind of goes on this journey of self discovery and self-acceptance and, you know, doesn't land at, you know, zero to a 100. But I think it's done in a really real way um, was awesome and something that I'm always looking for more of. Just because
0: we're on the topic of, of gay stuff, and it doesn't have to be Netflix related. What is some good queer TV, queer film that you've watched recently that, that you would like to recommend to the listeners? Again, from anywhere. Um As a gay person, you're constantly... Trying to watch gay stuff, yeah, kind almost regardless of quality or like I gotta watch it. Uh-huh. And so when you do watch something and it's amazing, you're like, well, I gotta tell everyone about it because it's so good.
1: Yeah, well, I really loved Now Apocalypse, um, and that's on Stars, and um, it's created by Gregor Rocky, who's kind of this like iconic, mm-hmm. you know, queer wave '90s early two thousand or still a director, obviously, but that's kind of like. When he came up, you know, to light with like Todd Haynes and all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was really great. And he also directed two episodes of Heather's. I only watch things directed by people who directed Heather's. (laughs) Um, But yeah, working with him was like, um, hello, you're an icon.
0: And he made, just for the listeners, he made Mysterious Skin. Yeah. Made, um, Mysterious Skin. That's, I
1: mean, de- a devastating movie that everyone yeah. should see, I think. And Smiley Face, which is considerably less devastating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, um, he does it all. It, he does it <laughs> all. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I really... Last year, I guess I saw God's Own Country, which mm-hmm. is this British movie that's really good. Um, there's this musical on the west end right now that's going to come to broadway i hope called everyone's talking about jamie and i saw it in london when i was last year and when i was there last year and it's about this like teen boy um who wants to be a drag queen Mm -hmm. um and he has like this very supportive mom and an unsupportive um school administration and um Basically, his whole thing is he's just a boy who wants to wear a dress. And I'm like, hello, same. And uh, so I just cried basically the whole time. And it's it's potentially coming to Broadway but not confirmed yet? I mean, what I don't actually know. <laughs> um, I'm not in that scene. I wish I was. I just auditioned for a play that I didn't get. But um, oh, okay. if anyone's out there listening and you make plays, I'm interested in plays. <laughs> I think think I can let you
0: go um, it's been great chatting with you about this good luck on getting some theatrical work in the future <laughs> that would be great That'd Be great. I hope it all works out but I also hope that um, you continue to get great responses from people who've seen Bonding and, and loved it because I know I really liked it thanks for chatting with us Brendan have a good one
1: I took a photo in the jacket to post when it comes out so you'll see it <laughs> perfect thanks Brendan all right thank you bye bye
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of I'm Obsessed With This. And don't forget to call -CALL 754-CALL-BOB to share your current obsessions, and we might discuss it on next week's episode. See you next time.